Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I just want people to feel good when they eat my food. You know, I'm trying to bridge the gap between carnivores and herbivores one bite at a time. The reason why is because, you know, generally speaking, I don't really cook for vegans. I cook for those people that are scared to go vegan and are scared of vegetables and just don't understand the lifestyle in our community so that it doesn't read as scary to them and they feel like it's relatable. Like, okay, well, I can eat this, you know? That's what's important to me at the end of the day. Hey, it's Monique. I hope all is well. Welcome to episode 70 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with a vegan lifestyle. And I love to also bring on guests to share their experiences to help motivate you to get started on your journey as well. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And you can also follow me on social media. I'm Brown Vegan everywhere, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So yeah, I am sitting here sipping on some calming tea because as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to head to bed. But I wanted to get this episode out to you um, because I'm really having a lot of fun interviewing so many people and just bringing these conversations to you guys. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or any feedback, be sure to tweet me at Brown Vegan. I love to connect with you. And so that's just a great way to do it. On the show today, I have Breck from InsatiableVegan.com. In our conversation, we're going to talk about her life as a personal chef and caterer. She's going to give us a behind-the-scenes look of what that looks like, how she got started. And if you're someone who's interested in doing that for yourself, this is a perfect episode for you because she really does break it down. We also dive into her raising her baby vegan from birth and how that looks for her family why it's important to do what's best for you when you decide to become a vegan and just don't get caught up in so many of the rules. We talk about that too. And some of her must have spices and kitchen tools. We do spend a little bit of time talking about food deserts because we both know that that's a concern for so many people. And so we do talk about that. I hope you enjoy this conversation. You can get all of the show notes and everything we mentioned at brownvegan.com. Be sure that you follow Breck on Instagram. It's Insatiable Vegan on Instagram. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. I became vegetarian when I was 11. My mom dared me and was like, oh, I bet you can never stop eating meat because I used to come home and kill bacon sandwiches. And I just stopped eating meat that night. So that started the vegetarian journey. And then I started working at some of the top vegan restaurants in New York City. And um, I don't know, I was just kind of pressured or bullied into veganism. And it didn't really hold up. It held up for maybe like six months. And then I went back to eating macaroni and cheese. Uh (laughs) And (laughs) then I got uh, food poisoning from a diner in Brooklyn from eating eggs. And that was it. And that was about seven years ago. So 
that's how it happened. I don't really have a fancy story. No, that's fine. I really don't have one either, so I get it. So, okay, <laughs> your mom challenged you to do it, and so you went vegetarian, and that whole time, up until you decided to become a vegan, you were vegetarian. Based off of that challenge, you must be so competitive. <laughs> you probably want to see, but you ain't gonna, you're not going to tell me that I can't do something. Are you that person? Yeah, <laughs> that I'm is that crazy. person. <laughs> so how did she cook for you after that then? She really didn't change anything. All I did was just eat the sides because this was like in the 90s and, you know, the hood. So nobody knew what, you know, vegetarian really was even then. It was just kind of like what people think veganism is now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, I guess you're just going to eat salads and uh, French fries and pizza. So that was really what my diet was. It was sides and bread. Yeah, yeah. Just like when I was a vegetarian and I would cook for my family, I would just eat all the sides and they ate whatever. So, yeah, I get that. When you say you were bullied, what do you mean when you say that? When you were bullied about not being vegan? Yeah. So I was I was managing these restaurants and a lot of the upper management, like the COOs, would be like, what are you doing? Like, you're sitting here and you're having cheese. That's, you know, uh, that's a baby's... Uh, nourishment and you're just killing that baby. And I'm was just like, all right, so I guess I'll just stop. And that didn't work for me. I mean, I'm not really vegan for the animals. I mean, I definitely do care about the animals, but I'm more vegan, you know, for the health. And back then I really didn't get it. I was just like, why are you bullying me into doing something that I'm clearly not ready to do? Not that I don't want to do, but I'm just not ready. Wow. Um, and it showed because six months later, I was back on the cheese. Mm. <laughs> so is it that they wanted you to eat it at the restaurant? They wanted you to be vegan or it was just kind of like they just. In life. Huh? And li- just in, in life, life. Just like you got to do yeah. it because huh? that yeah. is crazy. So when you were there, obviously, well, you were managing the place. You weren't actually cooking food, were you? No, I was just managing. Managing the place. Okay. Because I was going to ask you, because I know that you are a, a personal chef and you do all the, I mean, you just be cooking up all this great food for people. So I wanted to know if you got your experience working in those vegan restaurants. How did you, yeah, how did you get into cooking? I am self-taught. The restaurants, really, I was working at these restaurants and I just thought that the food was so cool and it was so good. And, you know, at the time I was dating a guy and he loved to eat and, you know, show me new restaurants in the city. And he was a vegetarian as well. But, you know, we mostly went to vegan restaurants and I just fell in love with food. Mm -hmm. And it was great because it really saved my life. I was a professional dancer before I started cooking and I kind of fell out of love with dancing because I'd been dancing all my life. And I was just like, what am I going to do now? I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Food just kind of fell in my lap and I still didn't know what to do, which is why I was managing these restaurants. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to just go with this and I'm going to give it all I got. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. So it helped you find like your purpose, a new purpose for your life. Yeah. You know what I love about your food? Like I've never, of course, had your food. One of these days we have to like connect in some way. You got to come to DC. I have to come to Jersey. I feel like you use a lot of like high quality ingredients. I do. Thank 
Oh my goodness. That's so like fine. Thank you for that. I definitely do use high quality ingredients. I use um, only organic. I shop at farms every now and again, I'll go to Whole Foods. That's the cool thing about being in Jersey. There's a farm everywhere, at least where I am in Jersey. Um, And I take my time to find, you know, quality ingredients for everyone. I can tell you show your love through food. Is that how you look at it? Yes. Yes. That's (laughs) exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I just want people to feel good when they eat my food. My mission statement on my website is that, you know, I'm trying to bridge the gap between carnivores and herbivores one bite at a time. The reason why is because, you know, generally speaking, I don't really cook for vegans. I cook for those people that are scared to go vegan Mm. um, and are scared of vegetables and just don't understand the lifestyle in our community so that it doesn't read as scary to them. And they feel like it's relatable, like, okay, well, I can eat this, you know? That's what's important to me at the end of the day. Yes, let's go back a little bit, because how did you even get to the position in which you are cooking for other people as far as being a personal chef? Like, where did that start? I know that you said, of course, the dancing, um, you want you found purpose with food, but how did you even know that this is something, the direction that you can go in, I guess? Is that the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I meant. So how did you know that um, that because I mean, OK, this is why I want to know, because you could have easily just became a food blogger or you could have done like one on one coaching on how to be vegan or something like that. So how did you know that being a personal chef was more in your lane? Like, how did you start that? Well, OK, I couldn't have been a food blogger because I don't know the first thing about technology. I'm horrible with it i like i just put me in the kitchen and just let me cook i started having like game nights and stuff and i would cook and all of my friends would come over and they would be like i'm not eating this so they would bring their popeyes and everything else with them and slowly but surely they started trying the food and then they started throwing their popeyes in the garbage nice and then i said okay well maybe i have something here and you know people around me who would eat my food, who were vegan, uh, would be like, you just need to do this. Like, you need to do it for a living. And I would be like, y'all are bugging. No, like, I'm not a chef. I don't even know the first thing about branding myself or getting myself out there. So y'all are bugging. And then I just continued to manage different restaurants and it just wasn't working out. And I didn't know what to do. And then I just finally was like, fuck it let's just leap off this bridge and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And things are slowly but surely progressing and I'm pretty excited about it. Were your friends your first clients when it came to um, cooking for people? I know you cook for them when they would come over, but did anybody like as far as in your friend circle pay you to cook for them? No, <laughs> no, they did not. And like, even still now, like I think I have two friends who have actually paid to support the cause Everyone else is just like, oh, you got to cook for me and do this. And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't do it. I got a baby to feed. So, no, my first like paid gig that wasn't a friend. I was vending food in Brooklyn at a um, holistic center. The owner of the space, who is awesome, her name is Aki, and the name of the place is Minka in Brooklyn. You should really check it out. 
um, she tasted my food and said, oh, my gosh, I have to put you in touch with these people. So really, her tasting my food really launched this huge thing for me because she ended up introducing me to some women who only wanted to hire women in veganism. And they turned out to be these amazing women who hooked me up with even more amazing people. And that really got the ball rolling as far as me like vending food and getting my name and my brand out there. Mm. So I'm so, so being so active in your community, it seems like, of course, that helped you. Yes. Yeah. Very. When it comes to like your personal chef clients, like how does that look for you? Well, just go to my website, shoot me an email. That's the easiest thing to do. And then we just, the first thing that I discussed, which nobody wants to talk about is budget. Everybody wants to hire you, but nobody wants to talk about money. Man, listen, I know that life. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, listen, just tell me what your budget is. I can't tell you what I can do for you until you tell me what you can do for me. If your budget is $100, that's fine. I have to work it out in $100, but just know that that's what you're going to get. So, I mean, it varies from client to client. I have some clients who I continue to work with even now. You know, I've been working with them for about six months to a year. I have clients who just want to do something for a month. I have those that say, you know what, can you just come in and, I don't know, cook for me for, you know, three days a week. So it really is contingent on what they want. I will do whatever it is that you want. I'm very accommodating. So there is no guideline in what it is that I do, as long as you can give me a budget. And if that becomes a problem, which it has in the past, then I um, I have to decline. I have to <laughs> mm-hmm. respect decline and just let people know, listen, once you figure out exactly what it is that you'd like to do, hit me up until then. I just, I can't, you know, why do you Uh, think there's so much hesitation about the budget? I don't know. Sometimes I think people just don't understand how much it costs, you know, I mean, to have a personal chef, it is not, um, it's not cheap. And I think that people are scared to hear the numbers or I think people don't want to insult you with what they can afford. So I think it's a number of things that are involved with why people don't want to talk about money. But I like to talk about it to just get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. Let's get it out of the way so that we can talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. Like, what are we going to eat? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when is this food going to be here? <laughs> you know? But the money, I mean, I understand that, you know, we all, we're living in times where everybody needs every cent that they can get. And I'm not here to break anybody's wallets. And that's what I always lead with, you know, just tell me what you can afford. And if it's, you know, then I can tell you what I can do for you with that $50. It may not be what you're looking for, but I won't turn you away. Yeah. I know you also, last year you did a wedding and was that your first wedding? That was, that was my first wedding last year. And now I have two weddings this year, which I'm pretty thrilled about. Um, The wedding last year was very small. It was amazing. They were actually um, friends of mine. I made (laughs) I actually did their podcast and we became Thickest Thieves and that was it. So, yeah, I mean, it was great. Um, It was very intimate. And now I am doing um, a wedding um, in Vermont for one hundred and ten. 
and I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, and I have a, a staff and a sous chef. So, yeah. I know that a lot of your clients are vegan curious. They're not vegans, which I love because I think it's so important to you know, plant the seed of veganism, especially with like really good food for people so that they'll see that this is a lifestyle that they can do long term. So what does that look like as far as what is the menu going to look like for your 110 people? Did they kind of go into this knowing what they wanted or and you just kind of veganize some of their favorite dishes or did you come up with a plan and then they just kind of pick what they wanted? They actually tasted my buffalo cauliflower tacos at an event that I was vending for the ladies that I was speaking of earlier. And they were like, they were the musicians there. A few months after I get a phone call like, oh my gosh, we knew the minute that we tasted your food, we wanted you to cater our wedding. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? (laughs) So... I was super excited. I came up with, um, you know, I have a standard menu for what people can choose from weddings. And um, they picked what they wanted. They had a tasting. They chose everything from the tasting. So the (laughs) menu for the cocktail hour, they're going to do the buffalo cauliflower bites. They're going to do my cauliflower uh, samosas with a mint yogurt dipping sauce. They're going to do spinach pies. And then for dinner, they're going to do my purple cauliflower, my lavender cauliflower potato soup and uh, my crabless cakes with potato waffle, Mm. vegan saffron hollandaise and asparagus. Girl, invite me to this. (laughs) Tell them I want to come. (laughs) So what do you do to plan for this, though? Um, I know you have a staff, which, of course, is so important. But um, do you delegate the shopping part? You just kind of have a list or like what? How do you how many days in advance do you have to give yourself time to get ready for everything? I start the minute that I get a deposit, which, you know, that is normally depending on how soon, you know, people are planning. They uh, gave me their first deposit in January. So Uh it started January 3rd. Third, where I started getting my list together. I started buying the dry goods like herbs and spices and oils and all of that um, so that I already have it. I'm pretty anal, so I like to do all the shopping myself. I'm not really good with delegating as far as shopping is concerned. Once I do all of that, you know, I just get in touch with um, with the, with the couple and I let them know, look, this is what I've done so far. Just, you know, so that we're on the same page with everything. Uh, we schedule a time to go see the venue months before so that I can familiarize myself with the kitchen and with the space. Um, after that, once we get a little bit closer, that's when I really start pulling in my staff and letting them know exactly what it is that I expect of them. Um, we, this is obviously a location, uh, wedding. So I'll be discussing, you know, reimbursements for travel, when you need to be there, call time, all of that. I like to prep a lot of the food with my sous chef before we even reach the location so that we're prepared and we're, we're not behind. Um, I like to always be like 10 steps ahead of the game, you know, before we get there so that all we really need to do is either just fry stuff up, put stuff on a waffle iron. I don't want to have to get to the kitchen and have to be slicing and dicing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I belong to a restaurant depot, which is 
super, super helpful for people who are doing things um, with large parties. It's much cheaper, not for food, because I don't really trust the food at restaurant depots. I like to go to the farms and negotiate relationships and develop relationships with farms so that the food and the produce is much cheaper. But as far as spices are concerned, oil is concerned, things like that, it's a good place to go because instead of going to, you know, Whole Foods or wherever you shop and paying $8 for oil that you're going to need to get, what, like 20 of them, you can just go to Restaurant Depot and get it for $8 and it'll feed everybody. It's enough oil for a village. What suggestions do you have for somebody who is thinking about being a personal chef or they want to cater weddings? Like, what do you suggest some baby steps they can take to get started right now? I would say start cooking, just get in the kitchen, start cooking and find places to vend your food. Even if that means going to Whole Foods, your gro- your local grocery store, ask them because they won't, nine times out of 10, they won't say no. You can just ask, hey, can I come in and just give out some samples at the very least? So that's where I would start. Start cooking, you know, have a dinner party at your house, ask your friend to bring a friend and don't be scared to put yourself out there because that is something that I used to struggle with, was mm. just being so nervous to put myself out there. What if they don't like it? I'm not a chef. I don't really know what I'm doing. Just all of this stuff. But you got to tell that crackhead in your mind to shut up <laughs> <laughs> and do what you want to do. <laughs> not a crackhead, though. <laughs> Even if somebody doesn't want to be a personal chef, What do you suggest for people who are just getting started as far as in their vegan journey and they are not interested in cooking necessarily or they don't really have as much experience with cooking? So let's start off by talking about some of the tools that you would have in like your top, I guess, two to five or whatever you want to what number you want to give. What are your top tools that you would have in the kitchen um, if you're just getting started? Okay, seasoning is number one. It's essential. Like You need, for me, I love curry, Mm -hmm. Um, garlic, get a garlic press. If you do not have a garlic press, we do not have time to be peeling and dicing up garlic. Um, So definitely do that. Sea salt is uh, turmeric. What else? I like my go-tos. Chili powder, cinnamon, nutmeg. I think those are the top spices that I use uh, in the kitchen. Then you want to just basically, if you're new to it, and most people probably won't agree with this, but start out with some mock meats. Just baby step your way into the situation. Don't dive head first because in my experience, when you dive head first, you're going to fall back so many steps because you're going to get bored um, and you don't know what you're doing. So just ease your way in. Field roast is great because they're bomb. Yes. Um, who else? Um, you can try the different cheeses. I am a huge fan of BioLife cheese. I will not use any other cheese um, unless it's Tree Life. I love Tree Life cheese. Yeah, I looked up that cheese brand when you mentioned it on Instagram. Unfortunately, I didn't see anywhere local for me. At least I didn't think so when I looked it up. I was like, I want to try this because you kept going on about this brand. And I was like, let me try this vegan cheese. You know. It is bomb. Listen, give me your address once this is over. I will send you some cheese. Yes, That's how thank you. <laughs> yes. This cheese is bomb. So, it's so good. What's the brand again so I can make sure I have it? 
Violife. Violife, because I'll put it in the show notes for other people who want to check it out. So Violife, yeah. I agree with you. I'm sorry, I kind of go back to what you were saying about the mock meets. Um, mm-hmm. I agree that I think that's a good start. Me, I'm not really a mock meet girl. Um, if I'm in a rush, I will do a mock meet and just treat myself to it. But it is what it is. Everybody has their own uh, version of the vegan lifestyle. And if you want to eat processed vegan meat all day long, that's you. Live your life and enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I just, uh, I get so frustrated with this new era of um, the CB generation. I just can't, I can't deal with the CB bots. Now, while I do think that there is some, some truth and some, some golden rules that, you know, Dr. CB lived by, that I will definitely hold on to. I mean, if we listen to everything that's going on in this CB realm, we'll be drinking air and, you know, sipping sunshine and and just kind of deteriorate. So, you know, my bad to all the CB people who are listening. I'm just saying, do your research on everything, not just one thing before you want to dive headfirst into something. It's okay to eat, quote unquote, mucus producing foods every now and again. So sometimes I think it comes across extreme. So if you're mm-hmm. brand new and you and you want to follow, because I guess his his diet would be considered like an alkaline, right? It's alkaline. Yes. Diet. So, it's- yeah. So if you are just getting started and you go there, a lot of times I think that's the experience that people have. And they're like, well, I try to be vegan for um, a couple of weeks, but I was so hungry the whole time and I felt so <laughs> limited. Yeah, I think that's. Because they start there. And listen, I'm not going to, I don't really want to talk down to somebody else's decisions because, I mean, I don't necessarily make the best decisions for my own life. Even if I did, I still wouldn't have anything to say about anybody else's. But at the same time, I think that that level of, you know, extremism is why people don't become vegan and stay vegan because they feel limited. And so Mm -hmm. it's like all about figuring out what works best for you and then growing Mm -hmm. from there and being okay with that. You don't have to start with alkaline if you don't want to you start wherever you want to start exactly and let's not forget we all started from somewhere so self-righteousness needs to be checked at the door mm-hmm. keep it real just yep. think yeah just saying. we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but you were saying how basically that you're a practical vegan i guess is that is that the way to describe you like you are just who you are and you just happen to be a vegan yeah, I'm just me and I'm vegan. That's it. I don't try to shove it down anybody's throat. It is what it is. You know, I like to turn up just like everybody else. Every now and again, I used to turn up a lot before I was a mother. Now I'm a mom. Turn up, you know, happens maybe once a month. And the turn up is nowhere near what the turn up <laughs> be. Um, you sleep at 12 now. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> So... You know, I'm just like, I think vegans get a rap for being, you know, these crunchy granola, you know, one type of person. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I have a really good friend who calls me crunchy granola all the time. And, you know, it is what it is, but we're still human beings. And, or I should say, we're still humans. And we, you know, we do everything like everybody else. We have sex, we drink, uh, we curse. All of those things. Um, I mean, I'm insatiable vegan. That's my brand for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I I don't 
fit into, you know, the box that a lot of people, I think, think veganism is, you know, I think when people think about vegans, you have to be like we were talking about earlier, constantly meditating and, you know, floating on a cloud and lining your chakras. Now, while I do meditate and while I feel like I'm, you know, more and more getting in tune with who I am and my body, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm exempted from anything that a meat eater um, experiences on a daily basis. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is so, so true. And you talked about being a mom. How old is your son now? He is 18 months. He's a vegan baby and he's still breastfeeding and I'm trying to wean him off. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I need this back. I need my life back. (laughs) I would like to have my breast back. That would be awesome. Um, but you know, it is what it is. He needs to, he needs and wants to be close to me. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So you're, you have a major advantage. I feel like because he was born into this lifestyle, he doesn't know anything else. And so he has like this amazing foundation because this is his beginning, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's nice because he loves, you know, he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't know anything else. So, you know, he's not shying away from veggies or anything that I give him. He enjoys it and it is what it is. I mean, granted, he's still a baby, so he goes through his phases. I just gave him his favorite green smoothie yesterday and he spit it out. So he's like, mom, okay, let's switch up this fruit. I need something different today. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like he is ahead of the game as far as what he eats is concerned. And I'm knocking on wood, hoping that this can last a lifetime for him because the goal is to just educate him about what he's eating as he gets older so that he's not even really interested in anything else because he'll actually know, you know, not just from a nutritional standpoint, but also from a food chain standpoint. You know, we're all here. We're all God's um, gifts. And we don't need to sustain ourselves by eating somebody's baby. You know, understanding what it is to consume death on a daily basis um, and fear on a daily basis. You know, you're consuming all of that in your body. So these are things that I want to teach him so that he understands. And if he does choose to eat meat, he's making these decisions um, knowingly, you know, that he he knows exactly what it is that he is doing. And most times when you know more or when you know better, you do better. Yep. So that's what I'm hoping for. Now, what happens is what happens. We'll see. Check back in like 10 years. Right. I know. <laughs> yes. The thing is, because my own kids. So my when my kids were younger, um, they were not born vegan. Um, my oldest son was about eight or nine. So that was just, oh, my goodness. It was a hot mess when we transitioned because <laughs> they were like used to eating the stuff that I mentioned before, like McDonald's and things like that. So. Now that they're teenagers, it's really different now. You know, it's one thing for me to make sure that they eat vegan at home. But when they are on their own doing their own thing, it's a little different. However, I will say that because we've had these conversations like you were saying, we've talked about this. um, At least they have they know, you know, they Mm -hmm. know that there's another way out there. You know, they know that there's another option and they know that being vegan, the food is good. So 
um, that's the best thing we can really do, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, is is but I feel like it's more than um, most, though, because most don't even know that this is an option. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. still it's still an advantage in my mind. So um, just making sure that information is out there. I mean, that's the only way we're going to to break some of this generational curse that we have going when it comes to food in our community is by having yeah. these conversations. Yes, yeah. it's so sad, too. I mean, it's just it's crazy, you know, just being in Brooklyn and living in Flatbush and seeing, you know, the limited things that I could eat. And granted, there's like a produce market on every corner, but you know, the produce is, uh, spoiled and rotten Mm -hmm. and it's just not cool. And then you go down a few blocks down a park slope and there's a whole foods and there's just, you know, fresh fruit trucks and vegetable stands. And it's just, it's night and day. And it's all about the community that you live in. And it's so, so sad. Yeah, it is. Well, do you have an opinion on how we can deal with uh, food deserts and how people who live in these communities can have better access? Because I don't know the dis- distance between those two communities that you just mentioned. What's the distance? Is it walking Blah. distance? It's walking distance. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's in Brooklyn. But when, you know, Jersey is totally different. So Jersey, I grew up in a town called Plainfield. It's um, a, a melanated uh, community. And it is a food desert. And then I want to say maybe a three to four mile drive. I'll say five to be fair. A five mile drive down is a European, uh, a European community called Westfield. And you can't find a fast food restaurant to save your life. Mm. You know, you have restaurants, but they're farm to table. They've got beautiful uh, supermarkets to shop at. And I really don't have the answer. I wish that I had the answer to the food desert situation and, you know, the cost effectiveness, the cost effectiveness of it all. I mean, I can say that produce will always be cheaper than meat. And I know that a lot of us are limited on time. I get it. I am a single mom running a business. So I understand, you know, what that is like. I think meal prep is is key to getting through the week, especially if you want, you know, to maintain a healthy lifestyle and not have to be worried about the food deserts. Just take, you know, a Sunday to prep whatever it is that you're going to have. I mean, even if it's meat, you know what I'm saying? At least you know that it's something that you bought that you made and just set that aside for your family or for yourself, whomever, you know, for the week. And, um, I mean, that's really all I can say. I mean, like I said, I wish I had the answer. I know that when, whenever I notice that a store doesn't have something that I want, I will ask to speak to the manager who is in charge of uh, inventory and purchasing. And I will ask, hey, can you um, start getting Kite Hill yogurt in here? Because I really want it. And I will, you know, I'll be that squeaky wheel. I will go in every week. Hey, this is, did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? And it took about six to seven months, but now the shopping stop down the street from my house sells Kite Hill yogurt. That is a big, that's a good solution though. That's a really, really good idea. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, gotta be annoying. 
be annoying. <laughs> yeah, but it's sad that it has to come to that. I think one of the things that can help too is if you, you know, if you live in a food desert, is ordering your groceries and things like that online. It's a lot of you, you can get like some perishable things online too. They'll just put it on dry ice and send it to you. So yeah. that would help, you know. But I didn't even think about that, and now I'm like Thrive Market. They definitely. That's definitely a good resource. Yeah. Even for myself. Like as you as you brought that up, I'm like, why am I not why am I doing that? When I can just <laughs> Yeah. They're super affordable because they don't have the middleman. So they go directly mm-hmm. to the they go directly through the the supplier. They're able to cut costs. I think mostly everything is organic. They're just really, really affordable. Before we wrap up, do you have any I guess tips on how to get somebody to transition to vegan life or any time, any tip about starting their business or anything you want to talk about? Tips for vegan lifestyle. Go to a vegan restaurant. That's what I would say. Go to a vegan restaurant, try out some of the food and see that it's just not um, salad and rabbit food. And once you have your first vegan experience, it'll change your mind. It'll change your perspective on what it is. And I think once your perspective is changed, you'll start to try to create things at home. I think it's that. I think it's that simple. Just don't be scared. We're all adults. If you don't like it, I mean, just don't go back. Spit it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> spit it, it out like your baby did. Just spit it out. You know. You know what I mean? But don't don't uh, be scared to try. Not food anyway. It's food. It's food. So that may not be the best advice. It might not be what people are looking for, but. No, that's great advice. Just start. That's the bottom line. Just start. Yeah. So tell us about your business. So I have a new mobile pop-up experience. So it's going to be called um, Insatiable the Experience. And um, I will be coming to your home and cooking for you and um, up to 10 guests. I'll be bringing the decor. I will set up your your home for the experience. I'll be bringing a bartender with me for cocktails. Um, it includes uh, grocery shopping, a setup and cleanup. And it's just going to be a good time. So I'm actually launching the first experience in my home next month, which actually sold out. I'm so excited about what? it. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super affordable. Um, and it's in my home. You know, once we do launch the experience into other people's homes, it'll be ranging anywhere from three fifty to five fifty per experience. And um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be launching my YouTube channel. So the, the YouTube channel is going to be cooking videos and it's going to be cooking. And then my website, that's where you can find the recipes for whatever I do on YouTube. I'm working on a cookbook as nice. we speak. Nice. Um, so what are your, you know what I meant to ask you? Um, what are some of your favorite dishes? What are some of the things that you like to, I guess, kind of like your go to meals during the week? Oh, man, my go to meals are so like random. Always chickpeas, something with chickpeas and curry <laughs> is always a go to because it's fast and it's uh, it's easy and it always tastes good and Noble loves it. So that's a go to savory grits, always a go to. I mean, talk about easy. You just stir fry some veggies or steam some veggies and throw them on top of some grits and call it a day. I'm really simple you know, at home. It, I mean, it may not look simple on Instagram, but it really <laughs> is simple. 
because I just, you know, I did a burrito bowl last night. I'm a bowl girl. Anything I can put into a bowl and just feed to my son and to myself. So I would say go to is definitely grits with some veggies and um, any type of curry. Nice. Nice. So tell us where we can find you as far as your website and social media. Okay, so the website is www.insatiableveganNYC.com. Um, my Instagram is at insatiablevegan. My Twitter is at insatiablevegan. My Facebook is Breck Oxford. Um, and my fan page is insatiablevegan on Facebook. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, sharing your expertise and sharing your, of course, um, your vegan journey with us. Thanks for being on. Yay, thank you for having me. I had a good time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. Also, don't forget to get all of the show notes and resources we mentioned at brownvegan.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.